What's up everybody, Devin here from Mozilla Companies and welcome back to our podcast. If you're new, welcome, we're happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back. This episode is a rebroadcast from the Blue Collar Voices podcast, which focuses on people that work in various industries all around construction. Anything from transporters to trainers to installers to maintenance folks and anything else that might be in the construction industry. You can find it by going to bluecollarvoices.com. There's a link in the description. No, we didn't just steal their episode. We're rebroadcasting this because the episode features our own Justin Yoke from Raster Lifting and Rigging. Justin and the host of Blue Collar Voices, John Chapman, discuss work as a lifting specialist in coal mines, riverboats, manufacturing facilities, and other facilities. Today on the Blue Collar Voices show, our guest is Justin Yoke. Justin works for Rouster Lifting and Rigging, a Mozilla company, and is a lifting specialist. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, John. Thanks for having me, sir. I'm delighted that you're here. So to start out, what is a lifting specialist in the context of what you do? Well, lifting specialist, it's pretty similar to um, your normal outside sales rep, except it's a lot more hands-on. If you're going to do it right, it has to be hands-on. As you mentioned, I work for uh, Rouster, a Mozilla company. And uh, what we do, our, our product line ranges from uh, lifting slings, custom lifting slings, to overhead cranes, to uh, engineered lifters such as spreader beams, lifting tongs, uh, coil lifters. Um, so it's uh, it's an industry in which um, you kind of got to get out there and see these applications firsthand. Um, you got to talk to the people. You got to see how they're being used and, and what they're trying to accomplish to really get these products right, to make the application safe, which is the most important thing. So um, that's basically how I usually describe it. It's kind of like an outside sales rep, but uh, a lot more hands-on. You know, I'm not going to show up in wingtip shoes and a $500 shirt. I got I, I go to work every day in my steel toes, a pair of jeans, a rouster polo, and a rouster ball cap, uh, knowing that there's a good chance that I'm going to be getting dirty. So That's awesome. So you mentioned a couple of different things, a couple like spreaders and, and, and just, I don't want you to get too much in detail, but what are those things? Um, basically we sell, um, pretty much anything that you're going to find in an industrial heavy lifting tow line application. So basically a, a spreader beam lifting sling, when you see a crane, you know, when you're passing by on the highway or, um, on TV or on the news, uh, building a skyscraper, um, these are the things that are being used, um, to actually lift the materials and everything up to where they need to be. And then we even go into fall protection and uh, lifelines and things of that nature. Um, so we really cover, um, if you see a construction site, if you see a steel mill, if you see a coal mine, if you see a, a drilling rig, um, we're going to have stuff uh, probably on that site. Okay. What are your requirements to get started. Obviously, at one point in time, you knew nothing about this industry and and you've reached the point now where you're helping make recommendations. How did the training, how did you learn about this? Actually, uh, my background um, is in IT. I, I was doing IT before I did this uh, straight out of school. And my um, wife's uh, stepfather actually owned Rouster before it was sold to Mozilla. Um, so he knew, I, I knew a lot about computers and was pretty bright guy in, in general. So I uh, kept working on us uh, to come down here and, and take a job with him, which uh, which I did. Uh, started um, just uh, working on the website and doing data entry, that sort of thing. Then it kind of transitioned to inside sales. Uh, spent a little time in the shop uh, so I could actually learn about these things. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know a shackle or, or a wire rope clip, you know, from a hole in the ground. So um, had to go out there a little bit and uh, and and really um, see these things in action, see what see what each thing was. 
Um, and then, like I said, just started getting the inside sales and then dealing with the customers directly and then getting more familiar that way. Uh, started doing purchasing and I've really seen it from every angle. Um, so I kind of, I kind of fell into it. Rizella is uh, always hiring people from, from all different backgrounds um, and, and sales backgrounds and everything. So it's something you can get into, uh, but it does require a lot of training. Um, you know, I've taken trainings from vendors. I've taken our internal trainings, uh, ASME, OSHA type trainings, because if you're going to go out there making recommendations for a heavy lift uh, where people's lives are on the line, you, you better know what you're doing. So there there is extensive uh, continuing education trainings and, and we're doing them every year. So it's good training. Good to have. And it's good to know that you're skilled enough to make the recommendations to these guys. You had mentioned a little bit. We had we had talked some leading up to this actual show that you've been down in mines and you've been all kinds of different places. Tell me a little bit about some of the places that, that you have been. I mean, obviously we're talking about mines and I know coal mines are big up there in that area. What are, what are some places that you've been in? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, a typical week can, can range, uh, very widely on, on, uh, sites that I'm going on to and applications I'm seeing. But, um, yeah, my all time favorites going underground, uh, going underground coal mines and checking that stuff out. Um, it's just a whole different world under there. Um, a lot of people are afraid to do it. Um, we kind of got a, a little bit of advantage there because um, there are actually some some companies that do what we do that that won't go down to check out applications. But I love it. Yeah, we uh, we do a lot with oil and gas. So I've uh, been to a lot of the the drilling rigs in, in north central West Virginia and up into in the southern PA. And, you know, we do a lot with pipeline construction. So we get to see a lot of those rows being laid, steel mills, um, Anything where there's a heavy lift or a big toe, uh, we do a lot of work on the river. Um, so I'm on the river a lot of times. I'm looking at different winch lines and and applications to where, you know, they're towing barges and, and the tugboat applications. And um, it can take me pretty much anywhere. I cover the whole state of West Virginia pretty much um, and down into Virginia and a little bit into eastern Kentucky and eastern Ohio. And that and that big span of territory, um, there's definitely a little bit of everything we see. Justin, that sounds like fun. It is fun. It is fun. It, it definitely is. Uh, I didn't know if I would like outside sales um, when I when I first kind of volunteered to to take that plunge. Um, I, I was an operations guy. Like I said I, I dealt with purchasing and and sure kind of inside sales and just kind of came in and did my did my uh, seven to five and and didn't really want to have to worry about all that. But uh, it was the best decision I ever made. You know, after seven years of doing that on the inside and actually going out and seeing the stuff come to life and seeing the the things that we've been selling be used. It's a really cool experience. I can only imagine. I'm just, I'm just thinking about if I was doing that type of thing, it'd be like visiting friends all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's another thing too, with this industry and especially in West Virginia, and I might be a little partial there, but you deal with some amazing, amazing people that do become friends. And you know, that uh, I reach out to um, not looking for a PO, but uh, looking for looking for a, a good story or a good laugh or um, you know an update on on you know how they're doing. So the, the people are definitely a huge part of what makes it uh, such a blast. I can I can only imagine. I actually have some relatives that live in West Virginia. I'm not sure exactly where I've been there, but I, I couldn't tell you how to get there. Sure. I know it's in a rural area and I lost cell service getting there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got all sorts of every cell booster I've tried to employ on my truck has failed me uh, <laughs> to uh, to keep the cell service into some of the some of the places we go. So, well, I was I was recently, let's say a year ago, I went to visit them 
and I got somewhere and I, I was lost and I stopped and asked somebody and she's like, yeah, just keep driving over this, drive over the mountain. You're going to follow it on till you get to this, this turn and take it. And she said, you won't get cell service. And it was 20 miles before I was actually able to get cell service. Oh yeah. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, but there are some very nice people there. It's very, um, it's very relaxed, I guess. In, in some ways, places that I've been, it seems like people are a little bit, I guess, laid back, not, not that sure. rush rush. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's definitely not uncommon for me to, to go to a meeting, you know, expecting it to start on time and it starts 45 minutes later. Cause we're, you know, eating cookies and talking about, you know, their kids softball game or something before we actually get into business, but, uh, wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so you talked about going in the mines. Now I imagine the mines, I imagine like three people trying to squeeze into a little narrow space, but I've also seen pictures where they got huge equipment down. That's just vast caverns. What, what, what is the experience that you've seen in the coal mines? Um, I, I've been to all sorts. I've been to, uh, you know, surface mines where, you know, it's just all going on, you know, above surface and there's just, they're taking off layers of, of the earth. That's, that's very cool too. Uh, usually when I go underground, uh, most undergrounds I've been to, it's kind of, uh, kind of low ceiling, low wall. Um, you know, for, I'm about six foot even. And in most of these, you know, I can stand up straight with about a foot over my head. But when you get into some sections, you are completely doubled over. Um, and you're, you're walking doubled over for, you know, a hundred yards or more until you can get out to another high section. So, um, it definitely varies. There's times where you're going to get claustrophobic and you're going to get a little freaked out for sure. For the most part, it's not too bad. <laughs> is most of the roof on this, is this just the natural earth or do they have like, uh, like poles or whatever in various places helping keep, keep the thing supported? Uh, it is natural earth. Um, you will have roof plates and they do have guys uh, specified to that job going up there and plating the roof. You know, basically you're looking at a two foot, two square foot piece of 10 uh, with a, a really, really, really long bolt going up through it. And that's basically, you know, the safety guy will kind of walk around and and, uh, and determine where some dangerous falling rock type uh, things may occur. And they'll get them in there and, and they'll just they'll just bolt it. So uh, it, it's not, it's a still a very unsettling, um, but they definitely know what they're doing. I, I have no problems going in there. Uh, every, every mine I've ever been into has been a, a very safety conscious mine. Some may even say overly safety conscious. So, uh, I, I've never, never been too scared. Uh, I did have one occurrence one time though. I was walking with the head safety guy in the mine. We were underground, uh, looking at some applications, um, with some lifting slings or toe slings. And, uh, he had a, a newer safety guy with him. And we were at one part and we're sitting there talking about, you know, the slings they use in this section. And the new safety guy looks at me and he says, come here for a second. And I'm like, okay. And he kind of like pulls me towards him. Well, I look up, he takes a step forward, he takes his flashlight, and just hits this piece of sheetrock that was right above where I was standing. And about a hundred pound piece of sheetrock just came crashing down right where I was standing. So, Ooh. uh, yeah, after you see that, you're you're a little bit ready to go. Uh, but uh, that that's the only only occurrence I had where there was something uh, really kind of kind of you know could have been damning happen <laughs> in front of me. Yeah. Right. And and let's be honest, you've probably seen near misses driving down the highway above ground. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I I I've never seen uh, anything catastrophic uh, as far as, you, you know, people doing lifts, but um, I've been on sites 
30 minutes later after people have lost arms, lost uh, legs, lost limbs. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, it's a dangerous industry and that's, that's what drives us. Um, you know, Mozilla as a whole, it's, it's safety. Number one, it's safety before profit. So, you know, that, that's another reason why, I, you know, you got to be so hands-on on this because, you know, th- there's just way too much on the line to, uh, to be guessing at anything. How heavy are some of these lifts, the, like the equipment that you like the spreaders and, and the things that you're doing, what are these rated for? Um, you know, uh, we've, we've done, we've done lifts that were, that were 50 ton lifts. Um, we've, we've done lifts that, uh, we've lifted link, link belt cranes with a bigger link belt crane, uh, to get it up on a platform to be able to do some work. Um, our particular branch, our specialty is high performance synthetic slings, actually like wire rope replacement slings. Um, so, we uh, we pride ourselves in being able to do uh, big lifts and lifts that people think that these slings can't do, um, just because they're so light. Um, but um, you know, we've done some some really cool things. Um, you know, and I know our our Cleveland branch has uh, made slings that have been rated for 125 ton. Uh, needed two of them because the lift was going to be 250 ton. So um, wow, yeah, gigantic stuff. <laughs> how how big are those cables? Uh, that was actually a, uh, a synthetic sling as well. Um, and, and that's, what's remarkable about the synthetics in this industry and, and where they're going is, is how light you can make a lot of this rigging. Um, that thing I think was, um, it was about 75 foot long. Um, and it, it only weighed about 750 pounds or something like that. Um, so they're able to get this rigging a lot lighter, um, but typically if you're looking at a wire rope, I mean, when you're looking at, at lifts like that, you're looking, you know, you're looking at the big four or five inch diameter type stuff. That's as big as our, our thighs. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it can, uh, it can get, uh, it can get big and heavy. So how much reduction do you have with the synthetics? Um, with the ones that we sell that are actually a little bit stronger than, than the wire rope in the same diameter, you're looking at about, um, uh, an eighth the weight. Um, so a huge, huge weight reduction, um, which makes, you know, if you're using a crane, all that rigging has to be accounted for when you're th- talking about the, the weight that the crane's picking up. So if you can replace wire rope slings that weigh 8,000 pounds with synthetic slings that weigh 1,000 pounds, you just, you know, saved yourself 7,000 pounds of, of pick weight. You don't need as big of a crane or, or what have you. Right. So, uh, it could be really big. And then when you're talking about underground mining, um, this stuff is uh, it, the safety aspects are, are through the roof. Uh, it breaks a lot safer. It's not going to cut anyone in half like we have talked about with wire rope and chain have doing. Um, but also guys just lugging these things around. Uh, you know, like what, what we like to say is instead of three guys carrying one sling with this stuff, you have one guy carrying three. So that's just some of the stuff that we're uh, we're working on to help improve safety, um, especially in underground mining where you see so many fatalities, even in in 2018, you know, hundreds of people are dying in, in the mines a year from accidents and things of that nature that, you know, if we can, we can help remedy that, that'd be awesome. Well, absolutely. I agree. Safety is very, very important. What is synthetics? What is it made out of? Um, these synthetic slings are made out of uh, Dyneema uh, material um, or Spectra. It's a high modulus polyethylene material. Um, I don't know the science all that great, but uh, yeah. I do know it is the uh, the strongest man-made fiber in the world. Um, you know, it's tough, tougher than Kevlar and all that stuff. Um, 
and they're doing some great things with it. I mean, the same materials are being used to make, uh, you know, bulletproof uh, vests and, and all sorts of uh, really cool materials. Um, the new netting uh, that you see in a lot of the Major League Baseball parks, protecting people from foul balls and everything, that's made out of Dyneema uh, rope. It's just uh, a really cool fiber that, you know, m- mainly made uh, down south in America. The European countries, the Asian countries are starting to uh, catch on to its its properties and and pump it out too. Yeah, that that's the fiber. A lot of people like to call this stuff nylon rope, and I have to correct them, uh, <laughs> correct them often. That uh, this is uh, you know nylon rope on steroids, if you want to call it nylon rope. Well, you say poly, it makes me think of plastics, which makes me think of oil. Is or is this just a total? I don't know. Is, is it is it oil derived from oil derived petroleum? It is a plastics material. The the poly is involved, yes, sir. Okay. So, kind of getting on a personal note, just tell me a like a brief snapshot of. Tell me how you got here from school. Kind of your progression from graduating school. Kind of a brief synopsis to this point. Sure. Uh, yeah, I had a. I, I took a. I took a rocky path. Um, you know, I uh, I was always a straight A student, and then going into high school, uh, started playing music and started uh, you know getting in the bands and everything. I uh, got a little crazy. Ended up uh, actually dropping out of high school, and uh, at seventeen, actually it was uh, I had moved out, was on my own, working at gas stations, that sort of thing. I uh, did that for a few years. Uh, realized I was wasting my potential. Um, enrolled in college, did that, went through, went through school, uh, ended up with a business management degree after school, uh, started throwing out resumes, uh, in my hometown of Morgantown, uh, West Virginia, uh, started throwing out resumes all over the place. Just, just trying to get on somewhere. Um, actually the, the local hospital, Mon General Hospital, uh, called me back, wanted to hire me in the communications department, which was a very entry level, uh, gig, uh, just kind of, uh, dispatching to to different different departments different doctors uh after about a year of that they realized you know i kind of had too much potential for that they had an opening in their it department and i had taken a lot of computer classes uh through school uh so got an opportunity to go into there um just worked my way up through there was there about five years um and that's when um my my wife's stepdad that i'd mentioned previously uh started uh started recruiting me so um and that's when i took the job at the uh at rouster and uh it just kind of progressed from there and about a little over two years ago mazella bought rouster about seven months after that i got promoted got the opportunity to go to uh the lifting specialist gig and took it and here we are it's a great story and very common type story too a lot of people we take that little surreptitious path to get to wherever we are. So, Justin, tell me about, like, if you look at your your future, what it is you plan on doing in the future, what kind of things do you see? How do you – where do you want to go? Um, I, I honestly love this company. Uh, I've never been happier in a job uh, doing the lifting specialist thing uh, with this company. So um, I definitely see myself here. And I just want to, I want to grow this branch, this Rouster lifting branch here in Beckley, West Virginia. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the smallest market of, of all the branches in the company. We're in probably one of the smallest markets, uh, of any ricking shop in the nation. Um, and I, I, I just want to prove what we can do. 
I, I think there's a whole lot of potential in West Virginia for what we do. I think there's a whole lot of potential uh, in the surrounding areas and, and that's growing. Um, and it's good to see when I, you know, uh, it, it wasn't quite that way a couple of years ago uh, in, in Appalachia. So, you know, I think things are going the right way and I want us to grow with it. And, you know, my ultimate goal is just to, to make this branch bigger and keep hiring people in this area that uh, can use some jobs and uh, just keep creating those jobs and, um, keep creating business. So you're doing sales in this particular area. You mentioned the the territory that you cover and you know, you're expanding it. You're trying to get more business. You're trying to get more sales. What is the, what are some of the driving forces for you to increase the territory and increase sales? Um, you know, obviously, you know, um, the, the better I do, the better, better my family does. And, and that's always a, a good thing. Um, but more than that, um, you know, um, Rouster, these these guys, we've all worked together for, you know, almost a decade. You know, Mazella didn't cut anybody out once once we got once we got bought out. So as much as for myself, it's it's for these guys, it's for the guys I work with. And, you know, it's for uh Mazella as a corporation. When we got bought out, coal was on a decline, oil and gas was on a decline, uh, things were pretty dire. And so when I took over sales, they were the lowest that I had ever seen them. Um, so there were a couple, you know, rocky, rocky spots, you know, where we weren't meeting, meeting numbers that we needed to be meeting. So that, that's always in the back of my mind that, um, we, if, if you don't get out there and do this, you don't, you don't kick butt, you don't keep growing the business that, uh, you know, things could happen. People could lose their jobs, you know, anything could happen. So I take all that onto my plate and, um, you know, I want raises for these guys and, you know, I want better things for myself. And, um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I really genuinely want to create jobs in Southern West Virginia, good jobs, you know, to where there aren't many, you know, not everyone can get down in those coal mines. So, Outside of that, kind of manufacturing, fabrication, whatever, um, and we can be a, a source for jobs for this uh, community. That would be awesome. Great. Do you call on new customers, cold call, reach outs, that type of thing? Absolutely, absolutely. I do it all. Um, I'll, I'll take any avenue that that I can uh, get a crease in. I'll, I'll hit that crease. Um, so it's cold calling. It's um, it's actually picking up the phone. You know, old school style. It's emails. It's LinkedIn. It's uh, internet prospecting. Um, absolutely, uh, any avenue I can take, um, especially if it's a, a company I really think that could benefit from our services, and we can benefit from them being a customer. I'm going to, I'm going to try anything I can do. So you talked about how the how things were rough for a while, dire straits, and sounds like things are doing better now. How much of that is based on, for instance, efforts that you have exerted? versus how the economy is also just responding and tie that in with how the economy has changed over the last couple of years till today. Sure. I think it's about 50, 50. I think, I think it's uh, the economy in, in, in Southern West Virginia in particular, and, you know, Eastern Kentucky and, and parts of Virginia, it's, it's undeniable that um, it's in a better state than it was, you know, before, before this new administration, you know, it's a, uh, uh, commonly referred to as the Trump bump down here, but uh, and it, it's just true as as the as the regulations were stripped back and and things of that nature, and and you just uh, people were were kind of allowed to work <laughs> in, in the way that the tr- they traditionally knew how down here. Things just just picked up because 
when coal, something like coal goes down in Southern West Virginia, uh, you got to think about all the other businesses that are going down with it. You know, the barge companies are going to go down. They're going to slow down the uh, supply houses, you know, all the trucking companies. Um, it affects everyone. It's a huge, huge trickle effect. So just uh, just with um, a lot of these mines opening back up and, and um, you know, just things getting better in, in that standpoint, I mean, there's there's uh, all sorts of businesses that are, are going to improve with that. But, you know, and it's also just a tenacity with the, the whole Rouster crew um, and, you know, my sales manager up in Pittsburgh, I got great leadership. And they really give us the resources we need to be able to go at this market and really attack it. And so um, I think us uh, really, um, really working hard definitely plays a role. Um, but the economy definitely plays a role as well. Um, and, and as I said, uh, it's just um, it it's grown. It's grown by leaps and bounds. You can really just I mean, literally see it and feel it um, over this past year. Uh, just um, it's not such a, a sad sight. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking that maybe people feel, I guess, maybe more hopeful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, especially when you get into um, get into a lot of these businesses and, you know, a common common question I have is, you know, like, like most salesmen, how's business? And, um, you know, the people in West Virginia are going to tell you how business is. And before um, before, you know, with the last administration, you know, how's business? It, I could 90 percent of the time I could tell you what they what they were going to say or, or at least how it was going to go. And it wasn't going to be positive. You know, this past year, same question, um, you know, 90 percent of the time they're going to be happy. And a lot of people will tell you, Hey, it's, it's not like it was, it's not like it, you know, it, it has been in the past 20 years ago, whatever, but uh, we'll take it because we were on our last leg. Uh, you know, we were, we were about done. Right. Have you seen, and I know this is kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but have you seen any increase in manufacturing and uh, I guess some of the ancillary associated in it. Like if you're going out to different places, they're not always going to be coal mining. Like you mentioned, it may be on a barge and it may be different things. So gas, but, but overall across the various industries, are you seeing a vitality come back in all kinds of different areas? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, uh, one in specific that comes to mind, you know, I was at a, um, a factory that made um, truck bodies for, for the big rigs, heavy, heavy truck bodies. And um, they, uh, as of about six months ago, had to start going to 24-hour production, uh, 24-7, 365, uh, just to try to keep up with demands. Um, I was actually in there looking at different crane opportunities and stuff because now they, they need better production. They need to kick stuff out quicker because their their orders have gone up through the roof. So they need they need faster production. They need They need more production. So... Um, and that's all happened within about the last, you know, year and a half that they just, uh, it's just opened up and, you know, they went from, um, downsizing two years ago to, uh, doubling what they, you know, like originally had now by opening up this third shift. So, you know, that's just one example, but, uh, absolutely. And, and, and steel is definitely a big one that we see. We see a lot of these steel fab places are, are picking up and, and open up their pocketbooks a lot more than they, than they've been able to because, you know, infrastructure is just on a rise and then a lot of construction and, and, and all that thing, all that sort of thing. So, um, yes, sir, definitely, definitely feel that way. And then pipeline as probably the whole nation knows is just uh, going crazy right now. And, uh, I don't think that would have happened a couple of years ago. So. Yeah. And, I know that I know that the pipeline industry is is growing, but 
I think that what you're sharing with the metal fabrication, the truck bodies, the truck bodies is a clear sign that that either A, we need more trucks on the road, or B, people are feeling confident about replacing older trucks and upgrading. But for some reason, mm-hmm. those trucks are needed because because we're shipping more items. We're we're doing more more industry. And and we aren't even getting started. Just think of how robust of economy we could have if we even had more products being manufactured here in the United States, if we were shipping more products out versus how we're buying so much and and we're not manufacturing here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, I think it's a trend that, that we're starting to see uh, improve, obviously. Um, and uh, just making people, making it easier for people to, to be able to do business here. Um, I think that's huge. And that's what this administration is kind of allowing. And uh, I think it continued to improve, but that, to your point, uh, there's a whole lot of room for improvement for sure. I, I like hearing that because I think that this country is completely capable of manufacturing everything we need, being totally self-sufficient. And there is no reason we can't have just an incredible America. It's very true. Yes, sir. So out of all the time that you've been driving around, you've been seeing things, what would be one memorable experience of something that you saw? It doesn't matter. It's something to do with, it could be something to do with the lifting equipment. It could be something, just something in the blue collar type type industry. What is something that you've seen that you're like, wow, that really stood out? Some kind of interesting story. I guess, you know, the things that, uh, that really stand out are, are, are a lot of the horror stories that that you hear, um, and one one of the the worst ones that I I had uh, kind of been a part of. Um, I had a company uh, kind of call me one day out of the blue, uh, asked me if I could come come over um, and uh, pick up some slings and, and get them recertified the same day, get them retagged and everything. They didn't have tags, OSHA regulations require tags, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I can probably come over and swing by him in the area. So I go, I go over there and not really know what I'm walking into. Um, safety guy kind of stops me and he's sitting me down and he said, all right, I'm going to let you know what's going on here. And he said, um, you know, we had a guy, uh, went to lift, you know, a big, huge gearbox sort of thing, you know, about an 800 pound item, um, grabbed an undersized chain, but not only was it undersized, um, it was it was the wrong grade. It was a, a chain that was graded for transporting, you know, tying down stuff as you're trucking it, not for overhead lifting. So he grabbed a small chain that was uh, just a carbon chain, not an alloy steel chain. Uh, didn't think it mattered. It's, you know, just an 800 pound item. Went to hoist it up. Um, as he got about uh, 10 feet up, chain gave out, came down, broke. Um, and pretty much ripped the guy's arm off as it was coming down because oh. um, he was kind of looking the other way. Um, so I'm there about 20 minutes later. They're, they have me there, you know, thinking that uh, OSHA is going to come and all this stuff and that this chain was, you know, that he was using the wrong chain. They're going to get in trouble. So um, kind of had to, you know, put that to bed because, you know, I'm like, well, I can't, you know, we can't do all this stuff now. But the guy just, uh, you know, being there about 20 minutes after a guy just lost his arm, um, you know, just the panic and the, and the chaos that was ensuing there. Um, and just, uh, you know, they had just gotten rushed to the hospital about 10 minutes before I had gotten there. So uh, that was something that has always uh, stuck out in my mind and just uh, that I even use in, in training um, and, and, and the trainings that I do when I do when I do trains on safe rigging. Uh, I always bring up that story because, 
you know, people don't think it can happen to them. Well, you know, I was there 10 minutes after, you know, it happened to this guy and basically his arm was hanging on by a thread. So that that's one that sticks in. It's a memory burner. That's, that's, uh, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and that's something we just try to beat in, in into, uh, into everyone that we talk to is just that, uh, you know, this, this, this is your, your life. Cause a lot of times you'll we'll go in and we'll go to do these trainings and people think we're just trying to sell them stuff, scare tactics into selling them stuff, you know, whatever. Um, you got to really, really let them know that this stuff happens. This is real life. And we're just trying to get you home. Uh, you know, I, I can identify that with a little bit, a long, long time ago when I worked construction, we were doing what, what we did was underground tunnels and we would set these huge sections of concrete pipe in. We dig a little bit and we'd use a hydraulic ram and we'd push it a little further. And here's our technique as far as how, and I'm just now thinking about this, how we decided whether or not the steel cable was strong enough to pick this up. We, the cable slipped through the hole in top of the concrete pipe. And then you would stick a piece of pipe or whatever through the loop and then you would pick it up. Hmm. And really we picked it up and everything looked like it was okay. Well, then we'd settle, set it down. I can tell you right now at no point in time, did we ever know what that pipe weighed or what the limit was on that steel cable. We just, we just picked it up. We just picked oh, it up. Absolutely. It looks like it was good. And of course <laughs> we're moving delicately because this stuff is heavy, but, and we have everybody out of the way and sure. we're setting it down, but I'm just, I'm just now realizing that it, 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 we could have been operating way outside the tolerances and we, we were just fortunate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes on every, every single day. Uh, and you know, that's, uh, it, and it's something, yeah, that, I mean, you just, you just don't think about, it. you just, uh, you, you can very easily assume that, that something's ready to roll. Um, but there are ways, um, that people can determine the weight of that, that sort of thing and, and different measurements that you could take with different materials and everything. But, um, yeah, it could, it's just a, it's just a scary when in doubt, uh, go oversized, but indeed it's easier said than done. So we're going to wrap this up shortly, but I had a, another question and that would be, and this is one of the questions I always ask my guests is, are you a reader? I'm, I honestly, I'm not a, a huge reader. Um, uh, uh, it, it's shameful to admit, uh, <laughs> my dad's rolling <laughs> over in his grave with me saying that, but you know, um, you know, articles, magazines, stuff like that. Uh, but as far as like actual, actual books, it's, it's, uh, something that I, I don't do as much as I need to um, definitely on, on stuff on uh, you know, leadership and, and sales. Uh, I've, I've read more of those right. books than any right. other type recently. Okay. And any kind of podcasts, uh, anything like that? Um, you know, I, I, I kind of float around on a uh, Sirius XM, uh, you know, I put in 4,000 miles a month on the truck. Uh, so I listen to a lot of stuff on there, um, just various stuff, but uh uh, as far as actual podcasts, um, you know, I like a lot of the, uh, the, the comedy stuff. Um, you know, Joe Rogan's always, uh, <laughs> yeah, always great. entertaining and, and that sort of stuff. And then, uh, I'm a big sports nut. So I'm always listening to various, uh, sports podcasts and things of that nature. Awesome. Okay. Well, any final words that you'd like to, to say before we wrap this up? Uh, just, um, thank you for having me on here. And, um, you know, if anyone, uh, anyone there's ever anything we could do if anyone has a question about rigging i i, I don't even have to sell you anything or, or we don't even have to go down that road but if you even have a question 
uh, before making a, a serious lift or or um, or a rigging move, um, you can you can reach out to me or anyone at, at Mozilla Companies. Um, we got 14 locations, I think it is now, um, on the East Coast and one over in Oklahoma City. So we're kind of all over the place. But um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Justin Yoke, um, and uh, feel free to, to ask me any questions or anything, and um, I'll get an answer for you. We just want people to be safe rigging out there. Outstanding. Justin, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. And that's all for today's podcast. Thanks again to John Chapman from the Blue Collar Voices podcast for sharing his conversation with Justin Yoke with us. If you liked what you heard, share it with your friends and coworkers. You can also head over to mozellacompanies.com where we've got a ton of blog articles written and downloads available for you to grab. If you're in the video, you can also catch our content on YouTube by popping over to youtube.com slash mozellacompanies. And as I said earlier, if you want to hear more from John Chapman and the Blue Collar Voices podcast, head to bluecollarvoices.com. For all of us at Mozilla Companies, I'm Devin McCarty. Thank you for listening.